Hey everyone, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. Today's episode 75 of the podcast, and I get to sit down with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. She's known as the Dad Whisperer, and today we really dial in to what it means to see the soul of your child, right? To dial into your daughter's heart. Now, I want to be clear while the primary focus of our dialogue is about dads and daughters, this conversation is for everyone, right? If you have a kid or a grandkid, you need to listen to this because she drops some serious truth bombs into how to, to penetrate what can sometimes be a difficult relationship. I'm so excited for you to listen to this. I think it's going to be very good for so many dads out there. And I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. If you know a dad that this conversation would help, please forward it to them. Let's get the word out and spread some of the incredible work that Michelle is doing throughout all over the U.S. Also, if you're not part of our community yet, do me a favor, text the word RECLAIM to 66866. Get on our mailing list so that way you're sure never to miss an episode. Also, subscribe, leave a rating, a review. We're trying to get to 100 reviews by the end of the year, and your review help gets the word out about what God is doing on this platform. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited today uh, to introduce you to my new friend, Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield, Dr. Michelle, thank you so much for being here today. I'm stoked. Thanks for having me. And we've already talked. Uh, we've already talked quite a bit before the before the podcast even started. And so I feel like I've known you forever. Right. Um, you've got a new resource out for dads, and and one of the things that you're kind of known for is being the dad whisperer. And so um, one of the the questions, kind of where I wanted to jump off at, was how did you fall in love? with wanting to resource dads? Oh, I love that question. That is not hard for me to answer. Well, the truth is I'm the oldest of four girls and I've now been in clinical practice here in Portland, Oregon. I have a counseling practice for 25 years and I've mentored girls since I was 19. I'm 60, so do the math. It's been a while. And really my heart has been toward daughters, toward young women and teenage girls And never did I have in my mind or my thought or my heart that I would invest in fathering. Mm. It was a decade ago, January of 10, where I was one day just, you know, reading in the Bible in Luke 1, where God said to this guy named Zechariah that his son, John, who became John the Baptist, as we all call him, would help turn what? The hearts of Mm. fathers and their daughters, not the heads, the hearts and it was just like this zing. And I, I I felt like I got this whisper from God that said, Michelle, that's what I want you to do. And I was like, what? <laughs> was, you know, if fathers were not in my lane or my grid or my focus at all. And literally two days later, I was blow drying my hair, honest truth. And I just heard the name, The Abba Project. Abba meaning daddy in Aramaic and men love a project. So I wrote emails to 11 dads whose daughters were my clients at the time counseling clients in their teens or 20s and said, would you want to join me once a month for six months, see if there's a change in you, your daughter, or your relationship? And 10 of the 11 dads said, we're in. Come on. That's awesome. I know. I've had people say, men do not add more to an already full plate. So we went, you know, six months and we were so into it. we, We ended up going a year. And here's the cool thing, Tony, is I had absolutely no curriculum. 
I had no agenda. I had no curriculum. This was like a a step of faith, really an obedience thing. Every month I called it downloads. God would give me the download for the next month's topic. So it would be on, how do you see her? One month was all on eyes and how you see her. One month was all on ears and how you hear mm. and how do you do active listening. And and then one month was all on mouth and words and what do you speak. And I bought stationery for these guys and I bring it and I'm like, here, you don't have to go to the store. Here's 30 different versions of stationery that you, you can pick for your daughter. And here's ideas of what you can write in a letter to her, you know, yeah. from my planet of Venus to your planet of Mars, right? We're from two different planets. I'm all about equipping dads to succeed in decoding their daughters, in reaching their hearts, and building a bridge ultimately to God as a father. But truly, I believe that our country will be healthier from the ground up. Mm-hmm. We have healthier women. So I could go on and on, as you can tell. But no, I love it. I love it. Of how I landed here. Um, and and you talk about, uh, so the men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Things. If you're not familiar with that, that's Dr. John Gray. Um, and you talk about that in your in your book uh, about understanding the different languages in your experience, how do you describe the differences between men and women or, or maybe even more specifically dads and and daughters? Mm -hmm. Well, the dads that I've coached for the last, you know, decade, we do nine months now, by the way, the ABBA project, we do nine months, once a month, every month, these guys have, have homework that I give them, but I write the scripts and I say, here, dad, here's the topic this month, the theme. Now here's how you put it into action. You've got to engage your daughter in a conversation, which is what led to this new book. Let's talk conversation starters for dads and daughters, because I have had so many men, Tony, tell me we don't speak the same language. I don't, it seems like when I step out, I say it wrong. Then she's mad at me or reactive. And then that shuts me down. And I'm sick of trying because I don't want to keep getting it wrong. And I think that's where I've seen that men are smart. You guys go, okay, I'm in an, I ain't an idiot. I'm making it worse. I'll back off. That's okay. Like, mom, here you go in. You're a girl. I'm like, uh, no, no, no. The research shows that every part of a daughter's life is better when her dad is invested and she feels a connection. So back to this question that you asked me is differences are that, you know, men go, I don't know why I have to say it different. I don't know why I have to soften my tone. I don't, I don't know why this matters. It doesn't matter to my boys. I'm like, I know, but you're going to grow in the process. And one of my favorite comments, Tony, is this dad named Rick once at the end of the ABBA project said, because of what I've learned here, he said, what's happened in me, because he's had a challenging daughter. to he, he still actually has a challenging daughter to connect with. I still know him. But he said, I'm a better dad to my sons. I'm a better husband to my wife. And I'm a better manager at work. So when dads learn wow. to slow down and pace with their daughters, they're going to have to slow down, soften the tone, use different kinds of language. I have found that men do better in every area of their life by learning skills that their daughters force them into learning. You know? <laughs> uh, so what, what age do, d- does the father daughter relationship really become um, at almost, I don't want to say adversarial, right. But w- when does it become really complicated? Cause I, you and I spoke ahead of time. I have an eight year old princess named Shiloh. She, she runs the world and, <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Look, I love it. She's, um, and, and we're, she still thinks I hung the moon right now. Right. Right. 
and uh, she crawls into my lap, and uh, you know, I'm I, listen. I I'm I'll be okay with that forever, right? I don't want any of that to change. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love her dearly. At, at what age do, do dads really start having to put in? Um, I mean, I'll just be honest. It's not a lot of work right now for me to connect with my daughter. Yeah, yeah, good point. It, it's intentional, yeah. right? I, I just have to show up intentionally, and if I show up intentionally, we generally can connect, you know, but. But it feels like, and, and what I was reading in the in your book is that as things progress in age, um, maybe for both of us even, um, that it, it becomes a little harder. When do you see that really become a more of a divide? Well, in let's say a two parent home, meaning there's not divorce where there's already divided loyalty. I mean, I'm oh, gonna, that's a good point. Yeah, well, I didn't even think about that. Development. If there's, you know, I would say a basically intact family, I would say it usually hits around 11 or 12. It's kind of that pre-adolescent stage. And what you've got to know, dads, is that her physiology is changing, right? Mm. Hormonal surges through her body that Dobson calls, he calls that stage like juvenile puberty. Like this is a stage where her hormones are literally changing in her body so much so that it affects her moods, her thinking, and her behavior. So it's almost like her her body and her brain get hijacked. Because <laughs> I think too, having been in that stage, you know, if a dad says, "What is wrong with you?" or "What's happened to my little girl or my little princess?" we don't have an answer to that. I mean, we're sitting here going, "I don't know either. I don't know oh, what's wow. wrong with me." And I'm telling you, every daughter has that question inside of her. What is wrong with me? Where did I go? I don't know why I can't just be okay. I mean, I can think of even having a meltdown on a family vacation to Disneyland and I have to leave the restaurant to go cry in the car because I can't find something on the menu I like. Well, I don't want to ruin the vacation, but I don't know how to get myself together at the same time either. And so dad, if you come down on her going, you know, you're ruining the family, you get that, right? Or you're, you're just a drama queen. You're, you're affecting her for the rest of her life because those messages go in forever. And I'm not you know, asking you as dads to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You sure. just have to be present. But the more you can soften the things that you say to her through the stage of development, about 12 to 18, she's going to come out the other end. So are you. But you got to be careful that the way you ride the waves with her through those years are filled with grace and softness and patience. And if you need a timeout, dad, because you're ready to blow, I say, do the same thing you tell your three-year-old. What did you, what do you do with your kids, Tony? If they're, if they're three years old, how long's their timeout? Three minutes. Okay, we did not plan this. If they're 10, they get how long? 10 minutes. Okay. So dad, if you're 50 years old, you need a 50 minute timeout to calm the midbrain, that area in your brain where your emotions lie and your frontal lobe where you think and reason goes offline when you flood, mm. right? All of that midbrain emotion comes into the frontal lobe and you are not thinking very clearly. Prefrontal cortex is in the past, right? Can you hear me? Uh, I, I, listen, I, I, I'm wondering if you've been following around my house. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what most daughters say is like, I just, my dad gets mad so easy and I hate that. So I hide out. So, you know, back to this thing about, what happens in adolescence is that these daughters tend to shy away from dad because we don't want to be a disappointment to you. We don't want to make mm. you mad. And when we can see that we're making your life more miserable, 
we're going to hole out in the bedroom a lot longer. And what I've loved in the Ava project, when these dads have monthly assignments, right, they've got questionnaires, I call them scripts to lead their daughters into different conversations. I can tell you story after story where it started out maybe with dad doing a five minute check-in. This is dad read with his eighth, eighth grader, Maggie. Yeah. And they weren't talking, weren't connected, big divide. She's suicidal, cutting and experimenting with alcohol, breaking dad's heart. So he comes to the group going, you know, I'm the loser dad who can't even connect with his daughter. And she's making poor choices. But dad started somewhere. So dad's listening. I'm saying, you got to start where you are. Don't wait till you've got all the resources. All you have to do, which sounds easier said than done, but start spending five minutes a day just going in. If she slams the door in your face, write a note and put it under her, her door and say, just want you to know I'm here when you open the door. Like gentle, soft, consistent pursuit of her heart. She gets to see that she's more than her reaction, that you love her no matter what and say, daddy's here when you're ready. Come on out and start just asking her how her day went. What do you want to tell me? And Maggie and Reed went from five minutes to 10 minutes to 20 minutes, to a half hour, to a lot of days. It was an hour. And Reed said, I don't, I, I don't like being up this late. <laughs> I get up early, but he said, it's worth it because of what's yeah. happening in our relationship. Uh, w- one of the words that came to me as I was looking at a lot of your material is that it's, it's about a relentless pursuit, right? It, it, cause it's, um, it, I think most daughters don't even know that they want to be pursued, right? I mean, is that they have no concept for the importance of the relationship, right? I mean, I certainly didn't until, and honestly, until we started really looking at a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, this feels like it, it parallels, um, this parallels, you know, what God wants for us it is how do you find the connection between, um, you know, God being the perfect father and and dad's trying to just be a good father. How, how's that shown up in your research and, and maybe even in your own life? Mm-hmm. Well, I first just want to say now that now that you brought that up, which I right. love, <laughs> is when you use the words relentless pursuit. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth of God as a father, right? Like we can jump, shove him away and push him away and slam the door in his face. And he doesn't say, okay, three strikes, you're out, you know? And I think of you too, being in the military. I mean, even before I answer that question, if you're okay with me just asking you a question, Tony, how would you define pursuit? Like not even just of your daughter, but just pursuit as a soldier, you know? Yeah. It's just never accepting defeat. Yeah. Like, um, I, I think of the, the warrior ethos. I'll never accept defeat. I'll never quit. I'll never leave a fallen comrade. Wow. You know, th- those are things that are kind of just ingrained in who I am. And I mean, honestly, that's the way I feel about my family too. Like, you know, they, it's just kind of part of my DNA now. Yeah. I, I actually just a couple of weeks ago, I just got married in June for the first time at the age of 60. I love it. A, a long-term friend of mine, I knew his wife, she died last year and he started the National Center for Fathering. Maybe you know of him, Dr. Ken Canfield, but we're passionate now, especially about this dad-daughter space. But he just had me watch a movie two weeks ago. And I say, had me, I should say, invited me. But I reluctantly said, okay, but it's called We Were Soldiers. Oh, gosh. That's all the feelings, right? Okay. He's emotional in it. I mean, I, I, Look, I can't watch that movie without crying. That's uh, right? Mel Gibson, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 
But you start talking about like never leaving a fallen soldier, a comrade, and relentless, like you do not give up. We don't accept defeat. I'm saying you men thrive on that concept in certain parts of your life. Maybe with the way you work out or maybe with the way you work your job. But when it comes to relationships at home, when you don't see the success, it's easier to kind of quit and leave your comrade, AKA your daughter, kind of laying back there. And she needs you. You're the parent. You're the father. It's up to you to turn your heart to her. Mm-hmm. So now kind of, that was my really long Venusian way of coming to your question because the last verse of the Old Testament is really significant because God knew he was signing off for 400 years where he was silent, right? And do you know what the last verse of the whole thing is? I mean, there's 39 books, last sentence, and then he's like, bye-bye. He says, if the hearts of fathers don't turn to their children and children to their fathers, I will come and strike the lamb with what? A curse. I don't think we have to look very far. I think every dad go, there does seem to be a relentless pursuit of my daughter's heart away from things of God or away from purity or away from being empowered and valued and worthy. And she's giving herself away or she's lost in social media. I mean, that's one of the biggest areas dads are struggling with is how do I engage her and pull her away from her screen? Well, you're right. That's going to take a workout. But the more you engage her in things that she's interested in, whether it's painting or art, you're going to have to put money behind it, right? If she's into horses, figure out a way that you can earn extra money to pay for things that she's interested in and join her and champion her in that. But I come back to your question about, you know, the the heart of God. and, And I really, truly mean this when I say, I almost could get choked up really if I if I went here I could I could start crying because it's that emotional and deep for me is that you as dads have one of the most profound privileges that God as a father could ever give to another person hmm. he's entrusting you to communicate his heart to his kids which are your kids I mean don't you almost want to say, I think you got the wrong guy. Like, oh, man, <laughs> you're getting me in all the feels right now. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, right. You, know, no, right. When you were in combat or, mm. or on the field going, I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I'm qualified. No. Nor do I. Honestly, Tony, even in my role, I've had some dads straight up to my face. This just happened two weeks ago. Go, why are you telling us how to be better fathers? Hmm. Why do you think you have something? You, I go, I know you're right. I would have disqualified myself from this assignment. I'm not going to lie. It's crazy. And yet God wired me where I really don't like doing. I don't like adding to the noise and saying what everybody else is already saying. So I go, I'm like you, dads. I'm going, just step in and step up and do it. And we don't have what it takes. None of us do. Hmm. When we say, God, you are all I need. John 15, right? I'm grafted as a branch into the vine. And apart from you, I can do nothing. Mm. Because if you as a dad are being tapped on the shoulder, you know, drafted, if you will, to keep using military terms to say, you're up. Yeah. You're up. Your number's up. It's up to you to build a bridge to God as a father. You know what that looks like? And this is my definition. I'd love to hear yours after I respond, Tony. But To me, what that means is that God as a father is present. 
He's patient. He's unconditionally loving, no matter what we do. He never leaves, never forsakes. He says he tattoos in Isaiah, I think it's 49, our names on his hand. (laughs) Maybe that's going to justify a tattoo. But really, it's about bringing his heart to his children. It's leading spiritually. And I find a lot of men go, that's not really my strong suit. Right. I'm going to turn that over to mama. She's more emotional and verbal and spiritually sensitive. Eh, God as a father doesn't turn it over to Jesus and go, here, I'm not as qualified. You know, you go, no, Holy Spirit, oh, you're a lot more compassionate and you're the comforter. I, I'm going to let you. No, he says, no, 91, he puts us under his wings. Mm. Or Deuteronomy 33, 12 says, the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. Like God as a father gives shoulder rides, you know, like he's in it with us. Psalm 103, he gives compassion as a father has compassion on his children. So the father, God as a father, has compassion over you. So if you want to learn how to be a dad that builds a bridge to God as a father, just Google God as a father verses and write it down. <laughs> right. You'll get your assignment. Uh, no, I love that. I, I think that, that'll preach any day of the week. <laughs> Come on. I, I'm here for it. I'm I here am a for preacher's it. daughter. So I'm like, and I've been to Bible college. So I'm like, I'll preach any day. And, and, and you know what? You should, cause that, that's a message that I think a lot of dads need to hear. I think, I think a lot of us have, um, have confused God's compassion with being soft. Mm. Right. And, and I, I don't, uh, I think one of the things that I hear in, in what you're saying is that um, you can be loving and you can be compassionate and you can be caring and you can be present and you can still be um, a man, right? Like you, you don't have to, you don't, to, to meet your daughter where she is does not mean to have to give up where, who you are. Exactly. exactly. Um, so I, so I think a lot of what's so helpful about your book is that it, it, it's really about bridging the gap. It's almost like God created you to be bilingual, <laughs> you know? Well, that's what, that's exactly what I say is now after 10 years of traveling to Mars, I do really believe I'm bilingual more and more because men have said to me things like, just get to the point already, <laughs> fix it. And that's really what I sought to do. In fact, truth be told for Let's Talk, I had double the, the volume. I had oh, really? In half. Because again, I just didn't know what I wanted to say till I'd said it. So I wrote it all out and then trimmed. So I have 60 scripts for dads to lead their daughters in all kinds of conversations. So there's five sections. It's lead her to laugh, Hmm. lead her to love herself and others, lead her to look deeper at harder subjects, lead her to lament, which means it might be hurts from you, but sometimes it's hurts from guys or girls or loss of someone or a pet or a dream. And that stuff festers inside when we don't attend to our wounds, just like physically. And then the last one is lead her to listen, which flips the script where a dad can hand his daughter the book. And she asks him questions where you get to listen, dad. And she learns to ask you questions because they're written out there about your romantic history or your childhood or you know, things you've learned the hard way and those kinds of things. But my goal in this book is to have a practical action book so that men can do something to make the relationship better, stronger, healthier. And it's not about lecturing. It's about listening. I mean, Ken, my husband said, you really could have talked, titled it, let's talk dot, 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 and listen. It's like, it's really about dads learning to listen because we on Venus figure things out by talking. So if dad can create a space for her to talk, I'm telling you, we fly. (laughs) 
One of the things that I think you mentioned in the book is uh, she she's going to outward you, right? And and even at eight, my daughter sometimes she can just go. I mean, it's almost like she can speak as if her lips aren't even attached to her mouth. They just go and go and go. And I'm I'm an extrovert. I'm a talker. I'm, I'm a preacher. I'm a talker. Like you know, I love to talk. I'm a verbal processor. And and yet sometimes my daughter can be talking, and I'll look at my wife and I'll be like, I don't know what she's talking about, you know and you want me to give dads? I'm all about practical. Yeah, practically. That's okay. I've got. I got lots of things. I've, okay. I've I've pulled up all the moments in my life that I want you to fix as a dad. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, because here's the, here's the truth: is that I don't really truly believe that dads need another message that says "be a dialed in dad." Right. Invested. Dads are like, yeah, I know. What else you got? What okay. uh, what what does that mean for me on Tuesday? Right. Bingo. <laughs> Come on now. So. So let me give dads a practical way to engage their daughters and hint, hint, this will work with your sons, your wife, sure. your coworkers that are female, any of us. But really, here's what you do. When you are like a deer in headlights and your daughter has out-talked you and you're literally lost somewhere a couple exits back on the freeway and she's way up ahead and you think... I have no idea what she just said because I'm so overloaded and flooded. Here's a fantastic practical way that you can ask questions, dad. What you do is you listen to the key word in her sentence okay. or the last word. If you literally, she went on and on and you have no idea what she said, just take the last key word. Let me give you an example. So you pick your daughter up from school. She's 14. Freshman in high school, you're the one picking her up that day. She doesn't have her license. And you go, hi, honey, how was your day today? And she says, oh, uh, I was great. It was awful. Uh, so-and-so did something and I'm really struggling in science class. And you're like, okay, there's one version of what she might say. If that's where she goes, you could say, what happened in science class? In fact, dads take the who, what, when, where, why, how. Remember how we learned that in school and grade school? And link that with your question. I would encourage you most of the time, stay away from why. A lot of times we get, I don't know. So if you can reframe the, the question with a what, you're going to get further. Not like, why did you do that versus what were you thinking when you did that? See, it, it invites a different kind of interaction. But it, there's really an art form to asking good questions. So you could say, what happened in science class, if that's the last thing? Or, but remember that we as girls are really invested in relationships. So if you ask a people question, you're probably going to get a different kind of answer. Mm. And so here's another thing I would say, say that you have a daughter that's more of an introvert. That might be the extrovert daughter that's, yeah. but what if you get one that just doesn't open up and you pick her up and you're like, hi, honey, how was your day? And she says one word. What might she say? Fine. Yeah. Say that she says fine. And Tony and I did not practice this. This is just our, you know, this is our ad lib in the moment thing. Okay. We, here's the truth, dads. You think if your daughter says fine, you go, great. Fine we don't have to talk about this anymore. That's right. what I'm thinking. Exactly. Oh, I'm so glad it wasn't bad. Wonderful. So you go home and mom goes, hey, how was her day? You know, because she's maybe, you know, at soccer practice and you go, oh, it was fine. Here's the truth. That is a non-answer answer on Venus. Yeah. That's our throwaway. You guys think if she had more to tell me, she would tell me. Sure. We think. If you really cared, you would ask me more questions. <laughs> so, hence the myth. So dad, here's the deal. Your daughter says, fine. 
What was the tool in your fathering toolbox I just gave you? Who, what, where, when? Yep. yep. How? How? And last word or keyword. Well, here's where it's easy. She only gave you one word. That was the last word. And the So do you just respond with what was fine about it? Bingo. Okay. What was fine about it? She might say then, well, science class was really hard today. Then what do you say? What made science class so hard? Bingo. And sometimes dads work way too hard. You're like trying to reinvent some whole other conversation and go, well, then, oh, if that was fine or hard, well, how was lunch? You know, no, you're working way too hard because you're trying to come up with a whole different way to keep the conversation going. Mm. If you listen for the keyword or the last word, she will give you the next follow-up question. And it's like, she opens up like a flower. Really awesome. I, it I really love it. Works. It really works. I promise well, you. It's just so simple. It's so simple. Okay. So here's something else that I, I really wanted to ask you about, and, and it has to do with tone because mm -hmm. I, so I'm, I'm a loud, gregarious, I, I'm a military guy. Like I have two tones, loud and louder. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, I, I believe that some sometimes my daughter at eight years old will cry when I'm not even mad. Bingo. Because of my tone. And so how 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 should should dads, how should I? I'll just make this about me. Thank you for the free counseling session. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how should I switch my tone so that I'd, I I'm not even like I'm just yeah. I, I'm not even upset yet. I'm just <laughs> loud, right? Like right, right. I, I and I and I tell I Shiloh, I will I promise I will tell you if I'm mad. I'm not mad. I, I just want the behavior corrected, yeah. right? And and this is my way. This is the way that I like to communicate when I'm trying to. I'm also a football coach, right? So it's like it's oh, the perfect, yeah, like storm mix for for intensity. It, it, I'm an intense guy, right? And, and so uh, how 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 can dads practically reset themselves from the intensity that they are normally wired to something that is actually effective? I want effectiveness. Right. 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 Well, I'll just give you a stat first, but that experts say communication is 7% words, 38% yeah. tone of voice, okay, 55% body language. Oh boy. So the tone of voice piece is a really big part of the whole. When you as a dad assume that your words matter more than your tone or your body language, you're misinformed because communication is 93% not the words, hmm. Right. I say nonverbal, but really it's because we can give nonverbal communication, right? Without words. But really, here's what I would say, dad. You're, each of your daughters, if you have more than one, I'm one of four daughters. None of us, one, come with a playbook. That's why I always say, dads, I'm going to help you write one. That's yeah. the way to get out your pen, take this book. Let's talk with you. Either bring another book or write in this one what she says. And it becomes like a time capsule. It's your playbook to go back and go, what did she say when I asked her, how do you feel when I raise my tone of voice at you? Like she's going to tell you in a non-stressful time mm. what she needs. Because here's what I was going to say, Tony, is that even if you had four daughters, every one of them would respond different. One of them might totally love it when you just get intense. And another one, because that's how it was for my youngest sister is 14 years younger. I mean, I was kind of like a second mom. And when she was like one, two, three, if my mom looked at her with anger, which my mom used to have a big anger problem, Elizabeth would just melt. Oh. She would start crying. And 
it was with my mom more than my dad. Not that my dad couldn't get angry too, but literally her wiring was different. So dad, there's not a one, two, three solution here that works for all of your daughters because every one of them can handle a different tone. So the key is meeting that individual daughter where she's at. And I would encourage you, dad, to adopt something that another dad I've heard of that started this. His daughter was four years old when he started this. At the end of every day, when he would tuck her in bed, he would say, has daddy been sharp with you today? Mm. Has daddy been sharp with you? Which I thought was such a cool way to say it because that isn't a word I would have probably come up with. So he didn't say harsh or mean or angry. He would use the word sharp. You know why he did it every day? Take a guess. You probably know. So that he could judge what he was doing one day from the next. He created like a baseline. Bingo. And I would add another part to that is he didn't want the wounds to linger into the next day. He would make Uh wounds. And I think that's a piece I, I really want to encourage you as dads is that we can talk about cleaning up the past. Tell me how I hurt you. You know, if you go out on a date and I've got scripts here on father wounds, let's say, and she's telling you, you know, in second grade, that one time you threw my bike into the dumpster or something, you know, you're like, I didn't even remember that. Right. Remember that the one that's been hurt remembers longer than sure. the one that caused the harm. And you might want to justify, mm, it's not really helpful. When, if you really want to build a bridge to God as a father and build a bridge to her heart simultaneously, Listen without defensiveness. That's that softening the tone. But but back to practical ways, Dad, take a breath, diaphragm breath. You know, put your hand on your diaphragm above your stomach. Right. Take four breaths. Do an inhale and four. Exhale as, at six. Two, three, four. In, out. Two, three, four, five, six. In. The more you can get oxygen in first before you respond, breathe before those angry responses. Then you don't say something you regret. Sure. Pace with her. But again, back to the practical, other practical side of it, not only grounding yourself first, you may need to really go out on the porch and take some deeper breaths and get some fresh air, then come back. I promise the problem can wait. But really, I would, in a non-stressful, non-conflict time, ask each of your daughters you know, have I been sharp with you today? So you can clean it out, make amends sooner so they don't fester. But you could also ask your daughter, like zero to 10, how close would you say we are? What could I do to be a better dad to you? Those practical questions, that daughter will tell you what she needs. And then when you look in her eyes, there's another practical thing. When you see your daughter's countenance going down, right? Mm. That's Proverbs word is you know, we read right in Ephesians, don't exasperate your children to anger. That's that intense exasperated. Sure. You forget that you, when you held her in your arms for the first time, that you literally teared up or cried on the inside saying, I don't ever want to hurt her. I don't ever want to hurt her. You Mm. forget that in the middle of a conflict. You may need to print out a picture from when she was first born, put it somewhere where you see it every day to remind your heart to line up with your mouth. I don't want to break her. Yeah. Do you, um, well, so how does that translate? Yeah. I have this friend who who listens to the podcast name is Todd. He's got uh, um, an eighth grader named Addison. Um, And one of the things that we often joke about is the eye roll. Right. Yeah. And, and so um, when 
when dads are given an effort and maybe it's not, maybe it's not the most well thought out effort. And one of the things I appreciate about your book is that it, it really takes the thinking out of it. So it's less likely to you know, for us dads to mess it up, but how should Todd respond when Addison gives him the eye roll? Like what's the appropriate, what's the best way to, cause that's obviously a wall, right? Like she's not, um, you know, that's, that's like a, a metaphorical door slamming or something. You're like right. That. Yeah. You know, it, um, how, how do we get past the eye roll to something deeper? Well, first of all, dad, don't take it personal. Like literally, we don't even go to school to learn how to do the eye roll and how do we all know how to do it? Like, it's just a phase of development. If yeah. you make it a bigger thing, it becomes a bigger thing. You know, it's kind of like, you know, if you don't feed it, it doesn't grow. Mm. In some ways I would say dad's as best you can. You know, I think it's easy for you to interpret that as disrespect, which is the ultimate crossing of the line for most right. you disrespected me but then have you thought about the fact that sometimes your reaction disrespects her back and you're sure. what disrespect looks like so i think first of all dad's just again breathe ground yourself and look beyond the eye roll it's a phase of development i promise it won't last forever if you make it less of a big thing i promise it will become less of a big thing over time as she matures and grows another thing you might want to do if you want to lead her to laugh is do it yourself back to her with no lecture, like make it funny, be like, Oh, you know, and walk away and let her sit in it. Let her calm down her own midbrain. But, but just again, if you interpret it as disrespect, you're going to jump on it and say, shut that down. If you realize that it's just her way of expressing the fact that she's frustrated with you and doesn't like your boundaries and thinks you're stupid. She won't think that forever. It's just a phase of development where she's separating and individuating from you. So her peers become her, right, her main allies sometimes mm. in the of development. And that's why I'm all about in that phase, really from about, you know, 13 to 30 going, dad, she needs you more. She needs mm. more time with you. And the more you spend one-on-one -on -one time with her, I would encourage minimum once a month, dad, daughter date, but you can do it more than that. It could even be sitting in her, you know, in her, on the floor in her bedroom. It doesn't have to be going somewhere, but I have a lot of dads that have said, I don't think she's into this, but once he says, where would you like to eat? Let's have that be our place. And there's a rhythm that's established. I have found most daughters, I'd probably say probably about 90% end up loving it. And then we get into a rhythm of looking forward to that time. Mm. And then I have dads say, my daughter, even opera project is over. They're now going, we're going to still do that, right? <laughs> and that's what dad said. I'm running out of conversation starters because you gave them all to me. And that's where this book came out of. Was, I, okay, I'll write more then. So <laughs> you know what? This thought just came to my head at the beginning. You had said that I'm the dad whisperer, which, you know, is the name of my podcast and radio program. But I've had some men go, aren't you entitled to thinking you're all that? Well, the truth is, I didn't name myself that. Another radio guy said, you know what you could be called? Oh, I heard. I, I actually listened to that. Uh, I listened to an interview with you and um, was, was it Carl? Uh, um, no. Um, oh, wait. Now that you said that, I'm just having a brain clog. He's out of mood. Oh, Chris Fabry. And Chris Fabry, yes. He has nine kids. But when he said that, it really stuck. And I've had another dad say, Michelle, we don't like men, sh uh, women shouting at us. And he goes, I don't know how you do it, but somehow you whisper. And like you, Tony, I'm intense, but I'm really wanting to stand in the background going, dad, 
say it like this or ask it like this. I think she's going to respond better. And don't tell her where you got the idea. Like just you do it and you get full credit. Right. Um, so here's a question for you. Is it, how critical is it that the, um, the daughter loves the activity that you do? Right. So like, um, here, let me just get, get super okay. practical. Okay. One of the things that Shiloh, so Shiloh doesn't like to hike. My daughter doesn't like to hike. My entire family, family loves to hike. And so I said, she says her legs hurt. And I'm like, Shiloh, you're so strong. Like she can do a back handspring almost. She's so, there's no way that your leg hurts from this little two mile hike. Right. And so, right. We, so we created this thing called hiking club that where just her and I go out and we hike and we did it three times a week. And if she does it three times a week, then she gets to decide where we go for donuts or ice cream or whatever she wants. Right. Like, right. I love it. Yeah. So if this, then that thing now, but she says she hates it, but I think she actually likes it. And, uh, and how can you tell that she actually likes it? Because, uh, she generally smiles when it's over. Okay. Okay. I mean, she actually, she, right. I don't think she that likes hiking. I, she really doesn't like hiking. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's, I record everything on Instagram and I put it in my Instagram stories and uh-huh. she loves, she loves that. Oh, got it. See, so you found a way to bring in something she loves with something she doesn't love because you love it. And I would say at this point, as long as she's going, yeah. you know, because it seems like you do have the green light. Well, I did until um, until there was a bathroom incident where I, she wouldn't use a porter potty that was not good. You have to go to my. I don't know if you're on Instagram or not, but it's on oh, my yeah, Instagram. Okay, it's it's okay. on my Instagram highlights. It's called Hiking Club. It got out of control very quickly because the porter potty was bad, and then the sun was hot, and it was a lot. We just we had to we oh, had to stop. Ahead. Yeah, well, we just had to stop for that day. It, was, okay. it wasn't going to work. Well, my dad he took me hunting when I was twelve, and he still tells the story now about how you know, half hour in, we're sitting there and it was on, it wasn't on a shooting the deer day. It was on a, you know, staking out the area kind of scene. <laughs> sure. And he said, half hour in, you were done. Like, is this all you do? You sit here and you wait. This is stupid. So I think back now, had he maybe come up with, because my dad is creative, but games to make it more fun, the treats on the end, you know, finding what would interest me. Like I'm an artist. I, you know, maybe if he would have brought paper and paints or pens or pencils and had me draw what I saw, that would have been a way to connect me to what he loved from what I love. Because literally my dad's going on a hunting trip next week. I mean, he still loves it in his 80s. Um, it looks a little different. You know, he doesn't hunt as much. He, he gets in the truck. But dad, find a way to know what your daughter loves and bring that into what you love. Like, is your daughter, Tony, more right brain, artistic, creative? She's super artistic, creative, and she's also gifted in math. So I, I don't, I don't quite understand the connection of it, but, um, when what, we, yeah. if I, if, if we do arts and crafts together or we play dolls, that's generally, she, she creates this thing called baby school where her kids ah. go to school all day. And if I can just be a part of that and any, if I can just lay on the floor with her while she does it, actually. Have you brought her dolls on the hikes? No, so no, that's a heck of an idea. So you bring the dolls with you, and if they're in school, those little dolls need to learn how to hike, oh. and how to the outdoors, and learn what plants are. So she's now you're building a bridge from what she loves. And if she's an artist and loves arts and crafts, have you ever brought arts and crafts out on the hike 
to do something out there to paint what you see, to draw. Oh, that's a that's a heck of an idea. I didn't even think about that. I didn't. I, I, I'm. I you know sometimes I think uh, guys' brains are just so compartmentalized. We never yeah. think about the bridge uh-huh. of, of the two, and that's a that's a, a definitely a great point. Figure out a way that to bring what she loves. Into what you love, because I I can tell you this in my story and others, I love enjoying what my dad loves, but sometimes it's so not what I love that it's, yeah, how do you, how can you build the bridge between the two is a really, I think a win-win for dad and daughter, because you love having your daughter in something you love, right? There's that heart connection, turning your heart, not just your head, right? Emotional means more you know, emotionally engaged with emo- with emotions themselves, more sensitive, more heartfelt. Some of those words, not just data. Yeah, you're connecting with what her heart is engaged with, which then is a win for you. Because I always say, even with this book, let's talk. Is when a daughter's heart is shut, we stop talking. <laughs> you know that from women in your life. I don't know uh-huh. if you're into that age yet, but. When our, when our mouth stops talking, our heart is closed up. We got the drawbridge up. But when we start talking, our heart opens. Mm. When our heart is open, a dad's heart is open. It's win-win, right? Right. Dad, if you can get your daughter talking about what she loves. So when you think about Shiloh, I can only put myself in her shoes at eight years old. If I could have brought my paints or a drawing pad and could draw what I saw, I would start talking the whole time while I was doing that. Like it creates an opportunity for more dad-daughter bonding. You know, it's all about talking though in the end. I, I love it. I love it. So I, I am curious, how does your dad uh, at 80 some years old feel about having the daughter who's the dad whisperer? Well, he's super duper, duper proud of me. Like right. he celebrates when this book came out. My mom and my dad took me out for dinner and they brought me uh, food, you know, and uh, you know, he's one that even with my first book, we wanted it to be on, we thought it would be on the choice books rounders at supermarkets, which it didn't end up there. You know, I'm, I'm just being faithful with what God's told me to do, whether or not stuff goes, but really my passion is to equip dads to lead, but he took a book of his mm. and made a cover because we had had the artwork and taped the new cover on the book and put it in the choice books rack. (laughs) Prophetic thing, you know? So anyway, he's, yeah, he's super proud of me. That's so awesome. Uh, Do you feel like that? Do you feel like dads and daughters can engage in this dialogue at any season of life? Cause so like, I, I have an older sister and uh, I wonder, I wonder how she would respond with my dad to and my dad's you know a great guy obviously and, and they've got a mm-hmm. they've got a good relationship but these are the kind of things where it feels like it could always be a little bit better is there ever a season where this isn't applicable nope it might be a season of her life where she can't go there but i am telling you even this week i had a dad tell me that his daughters are 41 and 43 mm. and he opened up the book and read a paragraph he said i didn't do the whole date but i read a paragraph and it opened up a conversation where they weighed in on what you said. And I can go on and on with daughters I've known in their 20s, 30s. Mm, yeah, him with 40s, me and my, you know, this was through a lot of my 50s that my dad and I would go grocery shopping once a week. And then we would go to Costco. You know, I was an expensive date, pizza or salad, you know. And then on the way home, I would say, Dad, tell me one story about your life. Because my dad would yeah. go, I don't know what to say. I don't know. 
So he'd have 10 minutes to tell me one story. And then he got, after a couple of years, he goes, I don't have any more stories. I go, tell them to me again. You know, I want to hear stories of your life. So I would truly say from my own life and from those I've known and work with, we're never too old as a daughter to have our dad pursue our heart, to want to spend time with us. And one of the things my dad did when I was, I think, in my early 20s, and again, I'm the oldest of four, so that, you know, they went all the way down from there, my sisters. But my dad went to a men's conference and they were talking about how to, you know, connect with your kids. And he had this kind of brainstorm where he said, what do girls like? I don't know. How do I connect with my, oh, girls like perfume. So he started this thing called, we call it perfume day. We, I'm thinking we've probably done this for about 30 years. Oh, wow. Where every Christmas, so usually on the 23rd or 24th, we head to Nordstrom, we do lunch in the cafe. It's changed over the years, but this has kind of been the current rendition. And then we go to the Nordstrom perfume department. Mm. It's all decorated for Christmas. My dad sits on one of the stools and literally I put perfume up and down my arm because you have to try it on your body and right. we all kinds of photos. And as you can imagine, all the clerks come up, I wish my dad would do this. And you know, perfume ain't cheap anymore. Right. <laughs> I mean, anyone I want younger dads with younger daughters have done, you know, like, let's go to Rite Aid and get something cheaper. But it's sure. cool. all year, I have that fragrance to remind me that my dad loves me. Every Ooh, I love that. I, love I wear that. it. And if your daughter isn't into perfume, she might be into books. We've got a big Powell's books here. I've had dads that will wander around the book aisles for two hours and say, I'll buy you five books. You know, like something that she loves. I've had dads do pottery or painting, mm. those painting where you go and they walk you through it, where you have some keepsake afterwards. That's the key I'm trying to make. Key point is, so it's not just an activity, but you have something to show for it. So back to Shiloh drawing a picture on a hike, she then has that afterwards to remember. Mm. And I even say, Tony, let her help you learn how to draw and paint while you're out there. She's already much better than I am. So that would not be a stretch at all. She's so good. But I meant, would you be willing to yeah, be of course. competent yeah. as she yeah. teaches you or you are you know, willing to just make something that doesn't look very good? But she'll love that. She has that as a memento. So can you tell I'm all about giving dads practical ways to engage their daughter's heart? No, I, I, I absolutely love it. Um, so I, I did want to ask one kind of timely question with COVID happening and people being in quarantine. And one of the things that I'm seeing in ministry right now is that um, identities feel like they're more fragile than ever before, right? As, as, as we, especially as we rip away coping mechanism from kids like school and social interactions and um, what can dads do to help bring uh, a sense of family identity not just to their daughters, but to their whole family. Like, what, What's our role in that process from your experience? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually wrote a blog and did a whole piece on uh, and a radio program on help dads helping their kids in quarantine. Oh, great. We'll link I, to it in the show notes. I do really know this is a key time where dads can step up and step in because of all the unsettledness yeah. with their kids. You know, there's so much that's not predictable anymore. So I would say, first of all, dad, a way that you can lead is I would encourage you to have a family dinner one night a week. I think that's a lost art. And then if you wanted to have like three questions every time you guys sit down is bring up the coronavirus stuff, the COVID, the restrictions is let it be a COVID talk. Just 
how are you doing on a scale of zero to 10 right now? Because every week I know here in Oregon, we've got riots, we've got wildfires, we've got all kinds of stuff that's literally changing stuff by the week. So you're bringing up, how are you feeling on a scale of zero to 10? 10 is great. Zero is really bottom of the barrel. Where would you put your emotional rating scale? We call it a SUD scale here in my field of psychology of subjective units of distress. Where would you put your SUDS rating? And so I say, are you really SUDSy? Are you really not? Like give a number. Everybody goes around and gives a number. Because sometimes if you have more of a quantified way to represent what you're feeling, it gives you as a data, a kind of little bit of a lay of the land kind of feel of where each child is at and yourself and your anybody else, your wife or whoever. Okay, so start out with a number. What number would you say you're, where are you at emotionally, everybody, this week, zero to 10? What's hard, you know, about the week? What's great about the week? You can call it what's super about the week, what's pooper about the week? What's your high, what's sure. your low? You can call it whatever you want. But where? what number represents where you're at? What's a high, what's a low, what's a pooper, scooper, you know, pooper, super day? And I say pooper, soup, and, you know, super part of your week or you're in a, you know, pooper part of your week. If you have kids that think that's so funny because boys think whoopee cushions right at eight are the funniest thing, you might sure. want to use that word because it'll stick. If you have older dogs, well, that's so immature. Like, <laughs> what's a high? What's a low? What's a mountaintop? What's a valley? Whatever yeah. you want to use. But what is the goal? To talk. That's why the book is called Let's Talk. I actually got this title from a dad who was in my album project. I'm like, here's some I'm shooting for around. He goes, well, why don't you like, just call it let's talk. And I'm like, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's brilliant. You know? So as a thank you, of course, I gave him some of my advances and said, here, and what do you need on your truck that you haven't bought for yourself? So he went and bought a new bumper, you know, for his, for his big pickup. But anyways, I say all this to say, dad, that's one way you can lead during quarantine. The other thing I would say this might not be realistic depending on how many kids you have, but spend one-on-one -on -one time. Yeah. A half hour at least a week just with each child. In fact, I heard about, you know, uh, from a dad about a year ago who has nine children, kind of like Christmas. Every night they put all the kids down to bed and one child gets to stay up for 30 minutes with mom and dad and do anything they want to do oh, in wow. 30 minutes. So here you're stuck at home. You maybe can't go out limited resources maybe if if you know funds are pulled back due to covid but don't you love that it's in that half hour at home that child can pick anything with mom or dad or you could just do it with you as a dad that child one hour a week each child gets to pick at home it could be cooking something in the kitchen baking you know baking something making a, a treat for all the family it's drawing something it's listening to her music it's drawing something together reading a book together watching a show I mean, doing things at home, I guarantee at the end of this quarantine time, you will look back and she will look back and say, I think it was one of our richest times of bonding. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I love it. It's, it's simple and it just requires just some intentionality. And, and I think that that's, that's really the best gift that you're giving all of us in this writing. Uh, Dr. Michelle, I know that my listeners are going to want to connect with you. Yeah. What is the best place to find you on the interwebs? Sure. You can go to drmichellewatson.com. So that's where I have free resources. I've got my you know podcast there, The Dad Whisperer. I got a link to my new book. I've written two books for dads of daughters. You know, they're, I have a link to Amazon there, but you can buy them anywhere. And if dads buy them, I would love them to leave a review. I need more of those. But really the point is, and, and I do dad daughter blogs every every other Friday. They can sign up for those. And I'm on, you know, Dr. 
what is it, Dr. Michelle Watson on my Facebook page. I've kept my maiden name since this is new to to add to it and people know me that way. But I'm on Instagram, on Facebook, Twitter, at Michelle. I think it's Twitter is M Watson PhD. So different ways to connect with me. Uh, I love it so much. Now, the last question I always love to ask people is an advice question. And, okay. and this time I'm going to ask you to give yourself some advice. Okay. Right. So I, I want to take you back to um, the beginning of the ABBA project, right? Right before you get started on this ministry that's going to change your life forever. Um, and and God is downloading these scripts to you. If you could go back and talk to that younger version of your yourself, mm-hmm. what's the one thing that you would uh, tell yourself as you get ready to embark on this new journey? You're just bringing that on me. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's what makes it so good. <laughs> right, because I'm the same way. I mean, you never know what's going to come because there's so many different ways to answer that. You know, this is what I thought of immediately when you said it, but it's really a lot like what I'm picturing is like Peter, where Jesus just said, you know, when he, or when he stepped out of the boat, Jesus just said, keep your eyes on me, then you won't drown. And I look back at the last decade I mean, I wouldn't have ever imagined that this journey would have looked like this, not only investing in dads and speaking at men's conferences, which I love way more than women's, by the way, I kind of don't like, I just, I love being with men who are eager to learn and don't know where to ask for directions and they come up and lots of them are crying, you know, cause they are so stuck and heartbroken. But really I look back at this journey that even led me to the man that I married, you know, for the first time, right. Just a couple months ago, but really I look at this journey, Tony, and think I would have disqualified myself, gone, I don't think you got the right girl, God. I don't know why. And so I would say to me, don't disqualify yourself. Step out of the boat, what you're doing. Run after Jesus. Just do what he says. Make amends. Say yes. That's what I would say. Say yes. I would say, because I did say yes that day. I'm like, okay. Like I didn't have a conversation with God. I just said, okay, I'll help turn the hearts of fathers. That's what I would say. Say yes to everything that comes to your spirit. Sometimes people say, how do I know that's God's voice and not my own thought? I would say three things. One, it comes fast. Number two, it's not what I was just thinking. And number three, it always lines up with the word of God. That's my threefold way of knowing it was God's voice. So that was just the dad whisper. I mean, excuse me, the Abba project being that was in. It wasn't what I was just thinking. And I said, yes. So dads, when that those quick things come, Oh, I need to go make amends. Oh, I need to reach out to that daughter. Oh, I think that one maybe needs some one-on-one time. Don't outthink it or overthink it. Just say yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much uh, oh, for being so it. generous with your time today and oh, I love sharing your heart. You. And, anytime. And- anytime. It was so good. So thank you so much. Yay. Oh, my joy. Thanks for having me. What an incredible and rich conversation with Michelle. I'm so thankful for her. And uh, I love the way that she talked about the idea of tone in your relationship. I love the way that she broke down kind of how, as guys, we oftentimes don't know what to do when our daughters are using all the words. And truthfully, it's all of our kids. I just think that when we can dial in to the heartbeat of our family, not only are we going to be better at home, but we'll be better everywhere else. Such an important conversation for so many of us. As always, the best compliment you can give us is to leave a rating review or perhaps share this episode with a friend where, uh, or maybe they just need a tune up or they're looking for a little help. 
We all know that parenting is a full-time, full-contact sport, and we all need help. So thank you for taking the time to listen today. Thank you for subscribing. And if you've already left a review, thank you, thank you, thank you. I read every single one of them. They mean so much to me. I appreciate you, and I look forward to connecting with you real soon.